Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple a Day is brought to you by Famous Apple. Right now, our website for Famous Apple, www.famousapple.com, is down for maintenance. That's right, we're bringing you a brand new website next week. So, next week, check out www.famousapple.com. If you go there right now, the only thing you're going to find is a website that says, Hello World! But the new website is coming next week. It should be there Monday or Tuesday. But our groups page is up. That's at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash disabled living. That's going to bring you to a page that says living with a disability. That's an apple a day page. Over there, there's discussions going on. There's questions being asked, questions being answered. There's polls to take. There's people from around the world on that website. So go over there. You might make a couple of new friends. You can ask a couple of questions. Maybe you can answer a couple of questions for people. But check it out. So how are you feeling today, friends? You feeling better than you have been? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Are you keeping up with your doctor's appointments? Are you keeping up with your medications? This COVID-19, it's back. It's back with a vengeance. It's back for round two. All you have to do is look at the news. And the numbers are up and they keep on rising. And any of these morons that tell you not to wear a mask, don't listen to them. That You know, it's very simple. We can fight this pandemic very easily. Wear the mask. We can fight it. We could probably stop it if we just do a lockdown for 30 days. That's right. If we just did a 100% complete lockdown for 30 days, we could probably stem this pandemic. But people don't want to do it. They want to go eat in a restaurant. They want to go to movies. They want to go bowling. They, I, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand any of it. They're like spoiled children. But you know what? They're going to kill themselves. Right now, our hospital numbers are higher than they were back in February. That's right. We had the highest highest number of people in the hospital in this past week than we did since the beginning of the pandemic. And you know why? Because people didn't listen when it came to Thanksgiving. They told you, don't travel on Thanksgiving. So what did tens of millions of people do? They traveled on Thanksgiving. And what's even worse is the government is the one telling us not to travel and they're doing it themselves. So it's do as I say, not as I do. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But we're going to discuss that more on the next episode. This episode, we got a good one today. We have an interview with Sarah Bradford, also known as S.J. Childs, the children's author. Sarah Bradford is an expert on autism. Now you're probably thinking, oh, a snooze fest. Not at all. Let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. She is a self-published children's book author. She takes ideas from her own personal experiences and writes about subjects such as autism, dyslexia, physical differences, anxiety, and more, helping typical and atypical children understand themselves as well as support their peers with special needs. 
encouraging love and inclusion in every situation. Sarah is a member of the Autism Council of Utah and also owner of an advocate support group. She is currently certifying for a life coaching program with focus on special needs families. She is a mother of three, her 10-year-old son of which is autistic. Sarah is happily married together for 16 years to a husband who also recently discovered that he too is on the autism spectrum. So that kind of certifies her as an expert in this field. But listen to this interview because you probably might be expecting a stuffed shirt, somebody that talks like, hmm, very monotone. This lady is one of the funniest, warm-hearted people I have ever met. So you're going to enjoy this, this interview. Believe me when I tell you this, and you're going to find it very informative and interesting. So without dragging this out any further, let me introduce you to Sarah Bradford, a.k.a. S.J. Childs. Okay, we're here with Sarah Bradford, also known as S.J. Childs, the children's author. How are you today, Sarah? I'm doing so great. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, Sarah, you're a, you're an expert, or compared to me, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> on autism and everything to do I, with it. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Ten years now, living in and out, day day by day, twenty four hours a day. Now, you you have three children, right? Yes. Now, do all three children have autism? One of them is diagnosed. He was diagnosed at sixteen months old. My son. I have two daughters, and um, one of them is actually going to be getting tested in the next couple of weeks. She's eight years old, and we actually have a 21-year-old who is going to also go get tested herself just because we've um, been learning a little bit more about autism in girls since I have been an expert of what it looks like in boys. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, But yeah, to my surprise... Uh, my other little one also um, is is definitely fitting into some of those boxes. So, yeah. Is there a difference between autism in girls and in boys? So, so much of a difference. I I had no idea until just recently, within the last few months, learning about it. Um, they are so much more able to... Uh, kind of parrot other people's behaviors and so you don't see those social delays and those communication delays with girls which really is the kind of the icebreaker of finding out you know what is happening is is that at least with my son it was so early on with no eye contact um, no words being spoken and um, a lot of other physical uh, stimming and sensory issues. Um, But with our daughter, I mean, she's eight years old, and we've had no idea up until this year. Um, And we've been homeschooling her, and so I've been able to see firsthand how she, um, you know, struggles 
in some of her reading comprehension. And some of the things that I wouldn't have been able to catch before had I not been in the position I'm in now. So, and yeah. Now, DJ, your, your son. Yeah. Is he school age? He is. He is 10. Um, but he is, when DJ was one year old, before we knew anything about autism, I was a loving special education and just early childhood education for kids. And so as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I already had like the plan, you know, the education plan, the early classical music, <laughs> everything going. Um, but, and I don't know if you remember these old commercials, they used to have the Your Baby Can Read program. Uh -huh. um, and I bought the DVDs and I put them on and by age one, um, DJ was reading. And uh, he wasn't speaking obviously, but his, his eyes would track the words. Um, and he was reading and by the age of two, he started writing. Really? Um, yes, and still nonverbal, completely not communicating, but we were able to communicate through writing with one another, and I created a series of charts um, which he could express to me his wants or his needs, uh, which made, I mean, made our life so much, you know, more fluent and being able to help him day to day uh, with those kinds of things. So it was pretty incredible. By the age of three, he was coming home and writing down everything he saw in the world. Addresses, license plate numbers, street names, everything you can imagine. So that's when we realized that he had a photographic memory as well. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so here's my three-year-old um, writing down all of the states of the United States and all of the capitals and um, writing his numbers to a thousand and uh, just these incredible feats for a three-year-old. Was he still um, nonverbal? He was. He was still nonverbal. And uh, back at that time, before um, I had gotten pregnant at, at one point in my life, I was a paralegal. And so research is something I'm very good at and very comfortable with. And um, when he was diagnosed and you know I started my research on autism and you know how could I help him and get him the support he needed there was one thing that had come up about diet changes and how sometimes these diet changes could help and you know suppress and get rid of some sensory issues and such and so we decided to do the casein and gluten removal of his diet and within about the first week of removing um, the casein, which is what is in milk, it's the protein in milk, uh -huh. uh, he spoke about 50 words. Really? It's in my research that I, you know, I'm no neurologist, <laughs> this is a <laughs> medical professional, but in the research that I had done, I was finding that casein um, as a protein was causing inflammation throughout his speech uh, neuropaths. And um, so a lot of that uh, just dissipated. Once we pulled that out of his diet, there was just no more, he was verbal from then on. And mind you, being verbal and being able to communicate are two separate things. Right. There's a huge difference. And there's a, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. 
they, they hear nonverbal, oh, then he can't communicate. Well, that's not true. But you also can't communicate when you are verbal if you don't know how to do that as well. They're two different things. So yeah, <laughs> um, it was it was a roller coaster. But you know, after that, I mean, it was just amazing to hear he is almost four years old, and we're able to finally hear his voice and right. hear him say "mom" for the first time. That and must, I love you. That must have been amazing. <sighs> just just the most heartfelt moment. I can recall in my life with him is that first moment of, you know, hearing him say those things and just really all the, all the first moments with your children. They're so heartwarming. They're so like, they just give you hope for everything. And it, it's amazing. So about six weeks after that, we decided to take gluten, which is the protein in wheat. Mm-hmm. Most people know out of his system as well. And I, with that, I had realized a lot of the inflammation from that protein was being caused in his, um, in his stomach. Well, and which caused him to spin circles. And he was kind of always trying to adjust himself. It felt like he was always moving in strange fashions and kind of, you know, flapping and swaying. And as soon as we removed the gluten, all of that stopped. Really? Yeah. And it was amazing to me. And of course, yes, this is incredible and amazing that this happened for my child, but it doesn't work for everyone. And it Uh, is such an individualized thing. That was my next question. Would that work for everyone? I I wish, you know, I wish that that I could say yes, you know, try it. It's great. But everybody has different biology and everyone just, you know. Because heredity, all kinds of things. I knew of a child. I knew of a child that's on the spectrum, and his his thing was he would run back and forth, <laughs> flapping his hands. Mm-hmm. When he got, um, I guess, agitated. Yeah. Well, he would run back and forth and just like flapping his hands in front of him, and I was wondering. Yeah. A lot of times that is caused by the overwhelming senses that are coming into the body. And in, he, in, they don't really have a way to express those. And so that comes out in a lot of physical form, in a lot of flapping and um, kind of hysteric movement. Um, and what really helps that is actually um, heavy touch, like head squeezing or tight hugs. Um, I find that sometimes when my child is in that uh building up those motions uh hard high fives you know uh-huh. not not to hurt him or anything, <laughs> but you know big high five it gives him this sensory input that calms the other senses down so it's really interesting how just the the experience that you know i've gained over all of this time period right. so it, it has evolved many different things <laughs> well i had a i had a neighbor of mine i i lived in south carolina for a while i had a neighbor of mine and their son was um on the spectrum and this kid was probably one of the most intelligent kids i had ever. i mean he's he just graduated college and you know you you make the mistake because because of labels, I think. Yeah. And he was labeled as, as autistic. 
But this kid hap- happened to be one of the most intelligent kids I had ever met. He went on to become a, I think he's a, um, an engineer. Mm. Uh, amazing. He, it's just absolutely amazing. But it's the labels sometimes that can are more detrimental than anything else. They're more detrimental than the, than the disease itself. And I, the sad part is the perception of the label. Exactly. That's what it is. Because, you know, I'll tell this is a little tidbit story I'll throw into it. It has exactly to do with labels. It's just going to be perfect to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, two Halloweens ago, um, we went out trick-or-treating. Uh, every other year before that, trick-or-treating has always been difficult. He wants to enter their houses. He wants to, you know, he doesn't right. understand the the strict pr- principles and practices of Halloween, you know? And, right. And to him, it's like, oh, my gosh, yay, they're opening the door. Now I get to go meet these people. And, oh, my gosh, he's so excited. Um, you know, he wants to ask them 100 questions. And, these, and back in years past, people look at me like, are you crazy? Or is he crazy? Like, what's going on here? Why? What's happening? So two years ago, I decided I'm going to put a sticker on his costume that says, I have autism. Please be patient. Mm-hmm. And we went around the neighborhood and every single neighbor took time to talk to him, took time to get down on his level and speak to him and let him ask his quirky questions. How old are you? What kind of car do you drive? <laughs> <laughs> you know, his, his little list of info. Um, but it was an incredible, uh, experience and I just, it joyed, it made my heart so full of joy to know that they were taking the time to see him for who he was and taking the time to be patient with him because before that they just didn't have the knowledge. Well, and yeah, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things that you see on the web that say not all not all disabilities are outward. You know, there, there's such a thing as inward disabilities. That people that have heart conditions or, or lung conditions, you can't see 100%. them. They're yeah. invisible disabilities. Anxiety, and the same, yeah. Right, exactly. Anxiety, depression. Yep. Yeah, you know, and people, I think people in general are, are good-natured if they know. Like, it's easy... Mm. You see me, you see me in a wheelchair, no leg. You know I'm disabled. You know I have a disability. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But you see someone that, that's suffering from anxiety. And I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast. People, I get calls from some people. There's one person in particular, I'm not going to mention his name. But he <laughs> calls me on a regular basis arguing about handicap placards and how people don't deserve them because he sees them get out of the car and walk into a store and there's no outward sign of a disability and i've explained it a million times it could be somebody that has has had a stroke could be somebody that has had open heart surgery could have somebody that has uh social anxiety you know any anything it doesn't have to be outward it could be an invisible disability and that's the same thing with autism Yep, yeah, it sure is. You know, there's no there's no surefire sign that says a kid that that says the the child is autistic. He doesn't he doesn't have any no. kind of uh, scars or yeah, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, 
but I think when people do know it, like what you did, you put the tag on on him, and that's good at at a young age. I don't. Yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't think that would be very nice as as a teenager. But, sure. But at a young age, and that helps the child grow too, right? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, think of all of the neighbors that now have the knowledge. Exactly. Think of all the neighbors that can now be more gentle and more, you know, patient with people because they probably knew in years past that they weren't. And this is the same kid that asked me last year, you know, what kind of vegetables I like to eat. <laughs> and now I understand why. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. And, yeah. you know, now he has friends, basically. Yeah. Grow, yeah. you know, in his neighborhood, and definitely that are gonna know him and grow with him as he grows up. That's cool. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Now, yeah, he's a great kid. How does how does how does his sisters interact with him? Oh, his sisters—they are such blessings. I'm hit my my oldest is my stepdaughter. I've raised her since she was five. Okay. she'll be twenty-one this year. So. Wow. 15 years of parenting under my belt here. <laughs> um, and uh, she was always just his caretaker, always caring and, you know, just loving him, just rocking him. Such a great sister, which also led to her, you know, being involved with a lot of kids with disabilities at her schools. And in high school, she was always um, mentoring and helping out people. So, what a beautiful person to, you know, take this and go move it into her own life, too. Well, that also says um, a lot about you. That, that, oh, thank you. That says a lot about you as well. I appreciate that. And um, his little sister, she, uh, well, let me back up. Big sister already, you know, has moved out and is, is on her own now and doing her own thing. And so it's been a few years. And so the relationship between his little sister and him is they're only two years apart. He's 10 and she's eight um, is just, they're inseparable. They are each other's best friends. They, um, I'm an only child. So for me to gauge what should siblings look like, you got me. <laughs> I don't know. But to me, it looks it looks great. It looks amazing. It looks like everything I ever wanted that's, that's <laughs> in a relationship. Cool. Yeah. That's and cool. um, she is so loving, so mature. She's the one thing about her is that I used to joke when she was five, you know, this is five going on 30, uh -huh. my little 30 year old. Um, she was just always so emotionally mature, always ready to. Uh, just be brave, be kind. Um, just, yeah, amazing, amazing kids. I'll tell you. <laughs> that, that's so. that's really cool. That's that's something. Now you said yeah. you you homeschool her, right? Yeah, I do. What about DJ? Is he homeschooled? Yeah, DJ's homeschooled. So I'll get back to DJ so you can um, kind of understand more about him and his uh, brain power. So, you know, we had realized all of these things, um, his memory and all of these things. And so right away, um, I started teaching him. I, I got so much information, educational videos, DVDs, books, everything, and just gave him all this stuff and said, okay, let's do math. Let's do English. Let's do science, social studies. Let's do it all. And so from about age like three to six or something, he had already um, – learned how to speak about five languages, uh, had already mastered math, pass algebra, 
um, was doing high school like proofreading and editing and really just <laughs> it's incredible. I taught him the periodic table. Uh, so he memorized that when he was really little, which was great because I oh my God. Also memorized it. Yeah. <laughs> Ask him if he wants to come. Gonna... Does he want to come work with me? <laughs> yeah, right. It's so funny. One of his questions, one of his making friends with strangers questions, used to be, "How old are you?" And they, you know, all adults are like, "Ugh, I don't want to tell you my age." So I would always say, "Oh, just tell him. Just tell him." And you know, thirty-seven, and then he would say, "Oh, well, this you're this and this on the periodic table, whatever number thirty-seven is." And oh, man. people would just be like, "What? Are you kidding me?" And it was the, just the funnest, funnest time when he was asking people their periodic table element age. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so cool, so cool. But yeah, I I just kind of forced fed him as much knowledge as I possibly could. And, you know, maybe it was a little exploity, but that's okay. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, not... really. <laughs> I think it's totally exciting. I was, I love it. it... Um, but yeah, he's incredible. So it... now he speaks 25 languages. What? Yes. <laughs> what? And, you know, like, st he's still not a good communicator. Don't not a good wrong. communicator. He's, still, he's speaking 25 languages. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> reading, and writing are not, like, communicating. <laughs> he's speaking so, 25 yeah. languages. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's great because he'll, you know, come up and recently, I mean, in years past, it's been Russian. He goes back to Russian a lot. He loves speaking Russian. He loves Russian letters, Russian everything. Um, and he'll even draw maps of Russia with like all of their providences oh or whatever God. they have. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I am basically like the smartest mom alive now because I'm <laughs> with this kid. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's it's been so much fun. Oh and it, it's had it's had its drawbacks. I mean, it is so exciting and all of that, but at the same time, he didn't get out of pull-ups. And potty trained till he was seven. I don't care. He can speak 25 <laughs> languages. Amen. <laughs> you know, I wish the school looked at it like that. I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. I'm like, you know, he has his whole life to eat a sandwich if he wants to. Exactly. He has his whole life to go to the bathroom on the toilet. Exactly. But, you know, he's not going to learn all this stuff unless I teach it to him now. He could so. sit on the toilet and speak 25 languages. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, he's just a really great person, really cool little kid, and uh, it's, yeah, it's, oh it's my amazing. God. It is. Absolutely. It's you speechless. <laughs> <laughs> it actually has. I wish I could. I have a hard time with English. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll put on pull-ups and see if I can speak yeah. <laughs> try for French. Get you right, right. Get these audios on for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. he, he just loves loves to learn. Always, just always wanting to learn. And now he does like physics and calculus. And you know, I heard him talking the other day about quantum physics in the background, and I can just sometimes hear just little things in and out, and I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> where was he? Really where yeah. was he when I was in high school? Right. <laughs> I, I would have hung out with him. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what. His older sister was she was in geography. She he would sit by her and and write down all the you know states and all of the countries and all the things, and she would use some of like the toy maps and things that I would buy for him because it was loaded with information. Why not, right? Exactly. So yeah, it was kind of funny. She's you know a sixteen year old studying with her four or five year old brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With Disney maps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh. Wow. And Melissa and Doug. Melissa and Doug. They have they, the good stuff they did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They have all the the dry erase ones. So we have, you know, every single dry erase map that they've ever made in existence we have. So, wow. yeah, they're, they're really cool. <laughs> now, I got a question um, with your husband. You said your husband is on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, he and we didn't know actually. I was didn't gonna, I was really gonna know. ask you. That's, uh, when did you find out? When did your husband's name is Dustin? Yeah, Dustin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you find mm-hmm. out? With when he? How did you find out he was on the spectrum? <laughs> right, this is so interesting. So about five, four or five years ago, we were actually taking DJ in to see a neuropsychologist to get an IQ test on him uh-huh. and see what, what we could find out about that. Um, and in that process of filling out the ADOS, which is the autism um, test that you take to kind of you know see what scale of autism that you could possibly be on, um, yeah, I've taken, I've done so many of those for DJ that when I was going through this particular one, all of these things just kept popping out at me um, for Dustin. And when he was 10, he was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. He also is dyslexic. And I had the opportunity to read his psych evals from in the 80s. And so here I am reading all of these things going, Oh, wait a second. Wait a minute. And filling out my, you know, my other autism test for DJ. And I just started checking all these boxes off and said 100%. There's just no way that you don't have Asperger's. So wow. I sat him down and I said, hey, let's talk about this. Like, what do you think? And um, he was so open and receptive to it so open and he said this makes sense this makes sense as to maybe why i was incarcerated my entire childhood um you know because there were no diagnoses back then for what he was going through which was toe walking um you know chewing on non-food objects Mm -hmm. like there it was so clear to me what i was seeing um, but they just didn't have that, you know, the the perception of diagnosis back then. So it was overlooked. And um, yeah, so he spent his entire life kind of struggling to be on the outside of everything. And when we discovered that and, and he, you know, really thought about it, he just felt like it resonated with him so much. And it made so much sense as to why he didn't, you know, like big crowds of people and why he um, is very blunt and honest. <laughs> very, <laughs> very literal person. Um, he's extremely artistic. He 
spray he does spray paint art he's a lot of art but this is spray paint art oh my gosh he watched like two youtube videos and then i go out and now we got 200 spray paint paintings that look like a masterpiece like some professionals yeah they're amazing i'll have to send you his link so you can just check them out um but uh yeah so through that i just kind of we we both realized and you know as a parent and especially from coming from someone who had no experience with autism, it was very meaningful to me to find out that it had been genetic. You know, it wasn't some fear-based vaccine idea or anything. No. I, you know, I not to be, you know, I don't like any of those controversies, but there's you don't know when you don't know, you don't know. It's just like, we don't know when all this is going to end in our society. It's just, nobody has the answers yet. No. And without those, it's you're on your own and you have to find your own peace and your own path. So, yeah. Getting, getting back to Dustin. Now he does spray paint, spray paint art. Yeah. Does he do airbrush art? He hasn't. I, I, he hasn't yet. Mm-mm. We haven't caught him an airbrush. Not that he wouldn't want to or be, would be amazing at it. So. Well, see, now, if you're going to start your own podcast, you could have him do airbrush t-shirts. That's a great idea. And you can sell your own merchandise on your own podcast. I love it. And, you know, if you, the Doug, the Dyslexic Duck book, we'll Egg. talk about in a little bit. He did the work in that book. Well, see? He, yeah, he did all the art for that book for me. And you can and use so you beautiful. can use his airbrush talents on T-shirts to go with your books. That's such a great idea. Yes, collaboration. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, I mean, yeah. I, now he's in he's in he's in construction too, right? He is. Mm-hmm. He does construction. He's a carpenter. Um, he does a lot of management and. Uh, yeah, it's just such an eye for things. Like he sees things that I I just don't know exist. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a different way of looking at the world through the eyes of autism. Which I mean, I can't myself, but can only see it through the ones I love and see it through the amazing things that they um, produce. You know, and are inspired by and. Wow. Yeah. I, kind of in this beautiful tornado. <laughs> <laughs> now, just out of curiosity, all the, I mean, you are a wealth of information when it comes to autism and Asperger's and, and anxiety and depression. <laughs> and I mean, were you interested in all of this before you, you yeah. were first? You know, I, not autism. I really had no idea about autism and nothing about it before anxiety unfortunately i'm the one who has struggled and suffered from anxiety for my life but so those are things that were i was able to express you know out of my own experiences um but yeah special needs i mean we always had we had a neighbor with down syndrome and so i was always just in love with people with down syndrome ever since the first day I, you know, I met someone. And so that was always something that was dear to my heart. And my husband, um, actually 
had a sister with Down syndrome and an older uh, half-sister. And um, we were able to care for her. She uh, passed away, I think oh, that sorry. she was 56. Thank you. Oh. It was... It was God. about four years ago. She, I mean, she lived a long life. I was just going to say, God old. bless her, because I know, so unfortunately, long. with Down syndrome, that's a, that's a long life. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, she had a full, full life of Special Olympics and just so much stuff. They, Her family were incredible. And, unfortunately, I never got to meet her mom. Um, but, yeah, I was able to care for her. Um, she got Alzheimer's, um, and so in the last couple years of her life, it was just really hard, and she was just kind of 100% incapacitated. Wow. And so we cared for her until, you know, we had to um, put her into hospice and stuff. So what an experience. What a humbling experience to to have. So. I, can, I, I did learn a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that's that children with Down syndrome. I tell you real quick. We, my wife and I, adopted a, a, a child years ago, and uh, we we were looking into adopting a Down syndrome child, and yeah. we, we went to this church in in uh, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, and it was a Halloween party to meet parents of Down syndrome children and meet Down syndrome children. And one thing I learned about Down syndrome children, they are very, very, very caring. Oh, and so, so caring. And this is before I had my amputation. I used to walk with a cane. And the kids were running around. They were having a Halloween party. And this one little girl, she was running past us, and she stopped dead in her tracks when she came, came up to me. And she just looked at me, and she just rubbed her hand up and down my cane like she was petting my cane and then just oh. took off running again. <laughs> and I thought that was the nicest <laughs> thing. I, they, they're such special, special children. Absolutely. Special, special yeah. children. I, In fact, one of my other books is about Down syndrome. Is it? Um, based on my best friend's son, who is... 19 nope he just turned 20 this year he might be turning 21 too oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah and just in watching him grow and seeing him through his struggles in school and you know just with society that never doing anything but smiling and being loving to everyone ever ever and it was such an inspiration for me to write a story about that so inspiring i would love even if it was just for a day to see the world through their eyes seriously i would love to love to i know and i feel that way about dj so many times because yeah. here's a child with no judgment jimmy exactly. can you imagine can you imagine no judgment for others but more importantly no judgment for yourself exactly exactly it's incredible I, I would love just to be able to be able to be to be able to see life through their eyes. Like I yeah, said, even for one day, I would just yeah, that would be incredible to me. That's just something. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you you've done it. I mean, with your books that you're writing. I mean, I've I've been I've been looking at the 
I've been looking at the books. I, when I first when I first seen your books, I was like, the bear, the the Christmas. Um, what's his name? Yeah, DJ. DJ, DJ goes to meet Santa. Santa Claus. <laughs> that's the one. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. And you're all over. I mean, your books are all over now. You're in Walmart. You're in Amazon. You're. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of online bookstores. Yeah. I mean. Everywhere, and that's the place to shop now. I mean, you can't really go anywhere else to shop. <laughs> exactly. I mean, anyone that goes anywhere to shop, you got to be out of your mind. <laughs> I know. I agree with you there. Yeah, deliveries are are. You know, now we're leaving cards out for the delivery guys. We're exactly. <laughs> exactly. I I wonder what my neighbors think of us because it's like every day the UPS man or FedEx <laughs> is coming into our driveway. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But it's it's it. You can't go anywhere. You yeah, know? definitely. And these, uh, I don't mean to say this, but these people that are running around without masks and calling it a conspiracy and a hoax, I don't, <sighs> I don't want to be around them either. No, I don't either. And I have a, I have a high risk kiddo that I need to keep in mind, and exactly. I'll go to the end of the world for him, and. You know, I'll I'll be a homesteader. <laughs> well, you think I can't start a fire? I'll get all this knowledge. <laughs> what my wife's my wife, she's a nurse. And she she ended up because of me, because of my immune system, she ended up working from home. She wow. she does uh, critical care management, but she's working from home. Bless her heart. You know, so I mean, she yeah. just doesn't want to bring anything home, and uh, it, it's rough, but it, it, it is what it is. And yeah. it, I, I appreciate what she's doing. Yeah. You know. That's for sure. We have to do. That's for sure. What what we have to do, but anyhow. Yeah. You're you run an advocate support group. Yes, for, on Facebook. Now, and its name is quite long. It's so funny. Ahead. I'm like, oh, what? writing it down. I'm like, boy, I got to shorten this name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Advocates and Parent Support Group for Autism and Invisible Disabilities. Very good. So your your address then would be www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Advocates and Parent Support Group for Autism and Invisible Disabilities. There you go. And now you're also getting certified as a life coach. Yes, I'm keeping myself quite busy over here. Wow. Um, and it was so funny. I had, like I said to you earlier, these last few months and just um, I'm, I'm gaining so much motivation and inspiration from some of the podcasts that I've been on. I did a podcast called Navigating the Spectrum, which is, um, it was about being married on the spectrum and how my husband and I, we've been together for 16 years and, you know, just how we still have such a happy, wonderful relationship God and bless. how we raise our children. Thank you. And um, through that, you know, she just said, you need to be coaching families. And I, ding, ding, ding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. So I, that night went on and got myself into a life coaching certification course. And, you know, I love it. My mentor said to me, you really don't need a certification. That's great. But you just need, you need to start doing it. Like you need to just get out there and start doing it. So it's exciting. Excellent. 
Yeah. And hope you know, I hope I can help as many families out. It's what I've been doing all along. I love re- giving people resources. Like it's yeah. <laughs> so now, it's what I've always wanted. When you're on the radio with Sid and Tamara, you have to make sure you bring that up. Okay, I will for you sure. Have, you definitely have to bring that up with them. Yeah. Because that's that, that's basically what they do too. They're, they're mentors. The, the mentoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sent me the information for that, and I am definitely going to be researching on that more, too. Yeah. But you, Exciting. You have, you have to bring that up with them. You're you're, you're going to be on success with uh, success sauce with two pickles or whatever. Yeah. Two pickles <laughs> and the secret sauce or That's something. It. Yeah. It's so funny, huh? <laughs> I good. can't wait. They're good people. They're really good yeah, people. Yeah, I think that that one airs on the December fifteenth. So right. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've been I've been listening to them now. I put it on every I put it on every Tuesday now to Yay. listen to it. I've, I've become a fan. I put it on in the evening. But um, now your books. Do you have any new books coming out? Um, I have lots of books in the pipeline. Just with the financially we just really haven't been able to do the illustrating and um that's the that's the priciest part of the whole thing i'm sure (laughs) yeah self-publishing is free on amazon love it but um yeah it's it's the illustrating is definitely a different part of it so that's been put on hold but i do i have a book about insomnia about a turtle with insomnia um and they're all animal based just because i think children most children some children don't like animals but a lot of children do and they get you know the pictures are easy to be relatable and um yeah they're fun uh let's see i what other ones do i have i have a frog that is a bully that's a bullfrog (laughs) um (laughs) about bullying um and then i actually had toyed with the idea of writing a book, another DJ book about DJ meeting the police. Yeah, right. Um, Because I think that, you know, having relationship with our emergency responders is so important so that they can understand what kind of support our family needs. Because we need different kind of support than other families if we have a crisis or an emergency. And if they're not aware of that, they won't be able to provide those kinds of, of things. So... In part, the group that we created was part for that purpose too, to start creating meet and greets with our emergency responders in our in our neighborhoods and areas, so that families could, you know, get the support they needed. So excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you you are <laughs> one busy person. <laughs> I know, I'm like the Joe of all hats and trades, I think. Ah, hats. <laughs> hats. You, you got hats, umbrellas, tents. You, That's for sure. You got you got it all going on. And like plus the you, accessory plus, store. Yeah, really. I mean plus you homeschool. Now, let yeah. me ask you, with the with the with the with all of this pandemic stuff going on and everything, uh, are you getting any kind of support from the schools itself? Yeah, I luckily I've been homeschooling DJ. I kind of skipped off of that. I've been homeschooling him for about five years now. Oh wow! Um, because we were able to 
move at our own pace. And so I don't have to move at third grade pace. He can be in eighth grade as, as a third grader. Right. I can do eighth grade work. And, I, and so luckily this year, the special education team and I actually got together and decided DJ gets a year off. Because he is basically in college at 11 almost. So (laughs) this year of pandemic isn't going to lose anything. Um, So, yeah, he just he's really I don't I don't know if it's because his sister's doing it. He's just not interested. He's not interested in the content. He's not interested in sitting and looking at the computer screen, which I mean, he loves his devices, but he doesn't want to look at mine. Right. So, <laughs> um, so instead of just putting all the energy into constantly not fighting with him, but struggling to, you know, get him to, to do these things, we just decided, Hey, let's just work on life skills. Let's work on trying new foods. Let's work on walking to the mailbox for safety, things like that. Easy things that are life skills that he needs help with. And he needs everyday help. He still needs help putting his pants on. He could tell me in French that he needs a mom though. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and Russian and Chinese. Exactly. And... <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, in fact, um, yeah, he's incredible. But the third grader, she was in a charter school. We did do her charter school, online school, when they, um, last year, when it, was it last year? I guess it was the beginning of this year when right. they were still in school. Um, and it was okay, but the program that I've been involved with with him, I know it so well. And so I enrolled her in that program. And um, they're amazing. In fact, through them is, like I said, now that we've realized that, that she also um, is dyslexic. And was that's a real struggle, especially when you're a kid that doesn't know that you that you are and that right. you have it. And how can you ask for help if you don't even know that you need it? Exactly. For her, it was so great to see it and be able to get help. I mean, they provide tutoring twice a week for her. Um, they they have a wonderful online schedule that we follow and just tons of activities they do a story time each week and like you know class activities where all the kids just get on online it's really nice so lots of success this year with the, with homeschool for us that's great yeah that's... yeah i know a lot of parents are struggling and i i feel so bad about it and you know i've really had the upper hand that i've always been into special or to, to education, not special education, but mm-hmm. early childhood education. I've just always been a fan of that. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that, but yeah. Well, I look at the schools here and they're so mixed up. It's like you go into school one day and then you're home the next day and <sighs> one day for cleanup. And oh, it's, I, yeah. I don't know how, you know, as kids, I'm, when I was a kid, I would have killed to have a couple of weeks off from school, but after a while, but after a while, that's all you want to do is go back. You want to go back to school. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and now she wants to go back to school, but yeah, not a possibility. I I wouldn't want to send my kids back to school in this, Mm -mm. you know, and I just don't understand what they're doing. I mean, the kids are the most vulnerable because no matter how good the kids are, Kids are kids, and they're not going to. A hundred percent. They're not going to keep the masks on. No, and it's ridiculous and absurd, absurd that we put them in these. Let's you know treat them like little adults. Right. Let's, let's treat them like kids. 
Right. Like that's what they are. <laughs> well, that's the problem today, too. They don't let kids be kids. No, it's the saddest thing, Jimmy. I completely, I completely agree with you. They don't let 100%. kids be kids. They want them to send the kids to school and they're going to keep their mask on. Yeah, okay. I could picture myself going to school and yeah, keep the mask on. That mask will be on until I get into school. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> and kids like to hug each other. They like to play with each other. You're going to tell, yeah. ki- tell a kid you can't play with Johnny next to you? Exactly. Yeah, don't touch anybody's stuff. Don't yeah, you, sure, you know. All summer, they were kept in the house. They couldn't play with their friends. Now they're yeah. in school, and they see their friends, and you still can't play with them? Well, mom That's and dad great. aren't here. You know. Yeah. They're yeah. only human. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I, it doesn't make them bad. It makes them human. It makes them human, and we all need the the social piece you know and, exactly and, yeah we're social animals exactly but it's so hard it's it been is. so hard and even our little one at home i mean we look out the windows and there's still the kids at the street that they're all still going to school together so they're all still out playing together and, exactly you know and... she's like the best kid because not once did she question like why can't i get out there she just said oh they're pretty stupid, Mom. <laughs> I, you, you, Mom, look at them out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to question the parents. You got to yeah. wonder where the parents' brains are at. I'm, I, I don't, yeah. You know, that's the other problem, too. Like, you're, you're taking your job seriously as a parent. But yeah, there's a my, lot of parents kids, out there exactly. that I don't, know, I don't know why they became parents because they don't want to be parents. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that there's a huge generation of that. I think there's been huge generations of that in the past and things like that, you know, where you just raise yourself as a kid. Exactly. And, you know, here I am, latchkey kid 101. I could tell you all about it. So, yeah, I completely get it. Like, I I didn't want to, and my parents are great. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They're the most wonderful, amazing, loving people in the world. But my dad was an Air Force pilot. Yeah, well, that's not good. I'm, he's not going to come home to watch me, right. you know, when he's got to fly F4s. Okay? Right, exactly. <laughs> what do you do? And my mom is a nurse, you know. It's, there it's, you go. They're completely busy. They're completely in their careers and everything. And I raised myself. And here I am. <laughs> but, you know, I took a different approach. Exactly. I wanted to raise my kids. I wanted to be there every day. But... I didn't want to be the mom that, you know, had to find out two weeks later what had happened like i want to know like right then and there your parents are explainable i mean a nurse and an air force pilot but you get parents today they're too they're too busy being gary good guy and yeah right (laughs) you know good time jolly they're out there partying and they want to be their kid's friend they don't want to be their parent Mm -hmm. and i just don't understand that i yeah you know and especially now when your kid, your kid's life is on the line, you know your life is on the line too. But your kid's yeah. life is on the line. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, yeah, we're really cautious. Uh, you have to be. You have, yep. You have to. Be. Exactly. Exactly. So safe these days. <sighs> but anyhow, I want to thank you for being on here with me today. I definitely. It's been enlightening. Definitely in It's been a pleasure. Thank you and so I, much. I want you to come back. I want you to come back on with me. And oh, I'd love to. I definitely want you to. And I want to be a guest on your podcast as soon as you're up and running. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I will. I'll make it. I'll make it so. And when you go on with Sid and Tamara, tell them I said na 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 na. You were on my podcast first. I love it. I love it. So great! I can't wait. But Sarah, thank you so much, and good luck with everything. And good luck with your with your life coaching, and your advocate group, and your homeschooling, and. You tell tell Dustin to get his airbrush out and start making the T-shirts for the books and Do for it. the podcast. Yes. And tell DJ I want him to come work with me. I need a producer. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I need a producer that can speak several languages. Oh, my heavens. He's amazing. He's, he's, gonna, he's my little linguist, right? There, there you go. And I don't care yeah. whether he can use the toilet or not. <laughs> you can be in a pull-up all day if you want. He can be in a pull-up. <laughs> I'll, I'll get him a Porter John. I'll get him whatever he wants. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But thank, oh, funny. thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on with us. And yeah, I'll, thank you so I'll much. talk to you soon. Keep in touch. I will. Thanks, okay. Jimmy. Thanks, Sarah. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. So what did I tell you? Did I tell you that was a great interview? Isn't she? She's spectacular, Sarah. She is spectacular. A wealth of information. And again, I want to thank her for joining us today. And I want to thank you for stopping by today as well. And remember this. No matter what, things can always be worse. That's right, my friends. Things can always be worse. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse. You've been listening to an apple a day. My name is Jimmy Apple. And remember, no matter what, no matter what the problem, no matter what ails you, the best medicine is laughter. Remember that, my friends. I'll talk to you again real soon. thanks for listening to an apple a day with jimmy apple your gateway to a happy healthy life join our community at www.famousapple.com see you next time